When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. Nadia and with me are my friends Lon and Mariam. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. We're so excited to cover the tell-all, but whatever Lon and Nadia say, they're liars. They're both liars. Lon's a liar boy and Nadia's a liar girl. Liars. <laughs> lies. All lies. Well, you're a crocodile girl, Miriam. <laughs> Crocodile. You're a crocodile, Miriam. <laughs> hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is Lon. As always, uh, welcome to 90 Day fiance wtf uh, i want to start off with a message for debbie uh, debbie bitch is you ugly as ho <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> bitch is you bitch is you okay <laughs> she is bitch <laughs> Oh, oh man, that's awesome. Anyway, let's start with where we left off from part one, which is um, <laughs> where, uh, well, rather the show left us with a cliffhanger on Aswelu and Kalani. What do you guys think about, oh, by the way, maybe I should say, hey, Tammy Dana White called, he wants you to be on UFC <laughs> because she apparently that? wants to fight everyone. Like, what she the does. hell is she thinking? <laughs> oh my god and she is like so petite and so little if anyone like blew at her she'd probably fall on the floor so that, that was interesting i like how colini was like i'll send you my address <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like i'll text it to you yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll text it to you right now yeah um, but what do you guys think about Aswelu's mom and what she said do you think that she had a change of heart it, it sounds like she, her messaging kind of changed right she's telling Aswelu to stop playing volleyball she's telling them that okay it's fine to send me money if you have the money like why do you think she changed her you know her tone like why do you think she changed her you know her message Lon, I'm going to let you start, but before you start, I'm going to grab a bag of popcorn and I'm going to be munching on it. That's a good one. Wait, Um, I I, I should be saying, like, I'm wearing red, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I keep hushing you guys. I just, I I keep saying, bye. Shh. Uh Sorry. I just think... Asuela's opinion matters, one, but also she's probably aware of how she's portraying herself on the show, too. And I don't think she wants to be a villain. I don't think she wants to be hated by people or maybe she realizes she's being misrepresented and maybe she's a good person, whereas Tammy doesn't care. (laughs) So Tammy is just going to stay on message, right? Like, no. 
Masuelu needs to be providing for the family and he needs to fork up the money. So yeah, you know, I just think uh, the mom, I don't know if it's a change of heart. I just think she probably understands how she's being seen or how she's being looked at as, as somebody who's selfish. So she wants to ease up on that. And, you know, Asuelu, being that it is uh, somewhat of a patriarchal type of culture, she's going to listen to what he has to say. And he's insisting that, you know, he can only send what he can or, you know, he he loves his family. He doesn't want her saying stuff about his children and about his wife. You know, these are very important things to him. So I think so. she has to ease up on that. My thoughts are that she really hasn't changed her thinking at all. And I think that it's a little bit of this backlash that she might have received, possibly from online or, you know, her community or whatever. I still think at the end of the day, she still don't care about the kids and she wants her money. So I feel like she's just using a different approach. Like, okay, I went straight on and asked money and he didn't give it to me. So let me just play this nice, you know, motherly role and see if I can kind of get it out of him that way. That's kind of what what comes across. People don't change, really, at the end of the day, ever. People can change, but most of the time they don't. And I just don't think she is at a place where she's going to self-reflect and then have like an epiphany and then all of a sudden become this nurturing, loving mother that's saying all the right things to her son. I'm just not buying it. Yeah, she has to recover from that. I don't care about the kids comment like that was that's strong for someone to say for a for a grandmother to say that is really bad. (laughs) I would never speak to somebody if they said that I would just be like you. It was bad. Totally. (laughs) I'd cross them out for my bank account and my life. You know what I mean? That was a terrible thing to say to to her son and to um, Kalani. That was just bad. Hmm. My next question to you guys is, why do you think Kalani is still not divorced from Asuelu? Is it for the kids? Is it because... Two kids. She she married him because she was pregnant. So that's like, I think, the decisive factor. If right now there was no kids between those two, would they be together? Absolutely not. Absolutely Mm. not. And so the kids make things complicated. And honestly, like I have so many friends in this weird situation, not so many, a handful of friends where they're not happy with with their significant other, but they're there because the kids and they say stuff like, well, you know, like when he's around, I don't take out the garbage and I'm so tired. Like, I just appreciate that. So the bar's not too high, but I feel like she's like, I have these two kids. I'm going to give it a try. And she did at one point during the show tell her mom or was it her mom or her sister i forgot which one that you know what i'm gonna try this so that when my kids get older i tell them i tried at least everything and i don't Mm -hmm. and i i've given it my best shot right yeah no i i agree i can see she's at the end of her rope and i think currently they're separated i think well at the time of the filming i thought they were I don't know what's going on again on socials i've seen them together making tiktoks and stuff like that but yeah, I do believe she is at the end of her rope. And if he doesn't improve, she's she's going to let go. The thing, th- though, that I do want to say is he has his moments. There was a, a part where when he was addressing, like, don't talk to my wife like that. Don't talk about my mm-hmm. kids this way. 
he was showing really how much he cares. And yeah, he, he's immature and he's selfish, but I don't doubt that he loves her. Yeah, as, as immature and as selfish as he can be, I think the love for his family is there. I think he, he does love his children. He does love his wife. He just loves himself more. <laughs> but um, it's there, right? And when he was saying that, I think it was coming from a genuine place. I was watching Kalani's reaction, and I could see, too, that that was touching her somewhere, right? To hear those words come out of his mouth and to defend them. So, you know, I think there's hope there. There's there's a little bit of hope, but she is at the end of her rope. Definitely. Is there a twisted version of this where Kalani stays on because she knows that her train wreck of a marriage would earn money for them? Maybe. But I, I also feel like she's at the end of her rope the way Lon kind of described. And I also don't doubt that they love each other. I see love between them. But sometimes love is not enough. Yes. It's just not enough. Yes. 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 Right? It's just not like love yeah. is not going to pay your bills. Love is not going to give you an extra hour of sleep at night. Mm-hmm. You know, love is not going to help you get two kids under the age of two out of a car by yourself. Right. So right. it's not enough. There is love, but it's just, it's not enough to continue to have a successful marriage through it. It takes effort. And we see from Asuelu time and time again, that he's not willing to put that effort in. He gets up and he walks off and he, he did it again. Twice, I think, during the two episodes right. that we've we've seen, he just gets up and he walks off. And apparently, this is a pattern. I mean, apparently, we know this is a pattern. We've seen it on camera, but she confirmed it or reaffirmed it to us when they were interviewing her. She says he walks off. And then when she tries to talk to him about it on phone or on text, he blocks her number. How are you so supposed to resolve things? right? There's no resolution. So again, this is his thing. Um, We talked about it before. He gets up, he walks away, and then he thinks talking about it or not talking about it, excuse me, and ignoring it makes it go away. And I think that's why he blocks her number and he prevents communication from happening, which is obviously for us the wrong way to go about it. But that's what he does. And um, that's not healthy. This isn't going to last. If Unless he fixes that, Uh, there's no chance i totally think that's immature the way he just like blocks her but i also have put myself in his shoes thinking like okay how did he grow up like in samoa people not people men do not grow up talking about their feelings and resolving problems and trying to and trying to have a discussion with their wife that is just not the culture the way he has grown up in his culture is that he's the man well, he, he can do whatever he wants to do, and everyone around him needs to cater to it. So he's coming from this culture into this new culture with an American wife, and he doesn't know how to talk about it. Like, that's a very American thing. Let's talk about our emotions and our feelings, and let's talk through mm-hmm. a resolution. And let's, like, that's very abnormal in many countries outside of the U.S., especially these male-dominated countries. So I feel like he doesn't have the tools, honestly, to communicate, mm-hmm. and all he can do is up and out. Because maybe if he sticks around, his temper might come out. It might get worse. So he probably is like, the only thing I know how to do is to walk away. That's I'm a not good saying, point, I'm Miriam. not saying it's yeah, right. That's a great point. I'm that's a great point. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I'm just saying like that's kind of what I see is the issue here is the communication styles. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think people see it as him lacking the EQ to problem solve. But yeah, I mean, Miriam, you're on to something, you know. I mean, coming from an Asian family, an, an actual Asian-Asian family, yeah, I mean, it's so it's still prevalent where the men don't talk about their feelings like that, you know. And it's different in the Western culture where people like to talk about things and resolve conflicts by talking some more. So I think that's something that Australia is still not used to. And I mean, I thought the marriage counseling would help, but maybe they stopped going or I don't know, maybe they're still going and that's why they're still together. I just feel bad for Kalani and I keep saying that, but I, I feel bad for Kalani, but at the same time, like at some point she has to do something before all of us that feel bad for her kind of stop feeling bad for her. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, it's just, again, it goes back to just love is not enough. They're just not compatible right. from, from my perspective. We're still on the topic of Asuelu and Kalani, and I've been asking the questions, but do you guys want to give your rapid-fire comments on couple before we move on to the next? I feel bad. You know, they have two kids together. I would love to see this relationship work, but, you know, it's like a two-way street. There needs to be, like, effort on both sides. I don't see anything coming from his end at all, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Kalani's mom kind of said, like, he's just, it's all about him. It's all about his selfishness. He's like a narcissist. He's this. I get it. I can see it. And so you have to try for a certain amount of time before you give up. And I see that she's ready to give up. And I think that's what's going to happen. But in mm-hmm. my heart of hearts, with because she, they have two little boys and I have two boys, it's hard. You know, kids need both of their parents in a healthy relationship to thrive. And that's kind of what, what I wish for them. I don't have anything else to say about Asuelu and Kalani. However, before we move on, I did want to note the racism that Debbie displayed on camera when yes. she did you guys catch that? Tammy? She, yeah, she told Tammy to go back to where to she To go came from. back. Yeah, she did. That was so rude. Yeah. Was, was and I was baseball. like, Debbie. <laughs> hey, I already don't like you, you know? And I thought we ran out of fucks to give, but fuck you, Debbie. (laughs) That was pretty racist. So yeah, check your racism. And, you know, while while we're on this topic, before we move on, as the guy (laughs) in this conversation, Miriam, great point. I think we need to normalize men talking about their feelings and, you know, um, being able to resolve conflict through being vulnerable and talking about our needs, um, what we need from our partner, et cetera, et cetera. The phrase I, I believe that's going around right now is toxic masculinity. So yeah, let's normalize, you know, being men who can talk about feelings and not, not, not labeling that as something only women do. And that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks. A great point, Lon. Yeah, last one. My closing statement on both Asuelu and Kalani is that, well, well, one is I think that Tammy's reason for wanting them to be separated and divorced absolutely does not make sense. Just because Asuelu is not supporting his family back home does not warrant a divorce or a separation. So, Tammy, go fuck yourself on that. <laughs> and... <laughs> The last thing I want to say is, so during the Happily Ever After Strikes Back, remember the scene during the first episode where Suelu walked in 
to the restaurant without holding the door for Kalani and her kids. Well, it's not restaurants, yeah. actually the door yeah, of their, their house. house, right? Yeah. So it turns out, and this is hella funny, it turns out he had diarrhea, so he had to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was like defending himself. He was like, but I really gotta go. And wow. anyway, I okay. also he gets a pass for that. Yeah. He has a one pass time. for that. And this also, one time. <laughs> the the other thing too that's funny is that during their strikes back scene. The moment he came to the couch, because you know they have to sit now on the couch in order to be filmed, he apparently farted. So, <laughs> on man, accident or on purpose? I don't know whether it's on accident or purpose, but Kalani noted. I guess she she smelled something, but <laughs> no, that was just That's so what it was. I saw some. I saw a mention of that on Twitter, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand what they were talking about, so I just kind of ignored it. I was like, "What's that about?" <laughs> that what it's about. That's what that's about. Oh yep. my gosh, that's so embarrassing. That's so gross. Please do not fart in front of women, guys. It's not cute. <laughs> Let's not normalize that. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> here. That's toxic. All right. I know. That's very toxic. <laughs> like literally it's toxic. toxic. That's literally toxic masculinity. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> air pollution. That's fucking like global warming. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that's like lethal methane gas. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> I wish I had a witty transition, but let's talk about Colt and Jess. So Colt obviously not being a favorite of ours actually admitted that he cheated on Jess with Vanessa after returning from Brazil. My question to you guys, is Vanessa purposely homewrecking? And it's a two-part question. Is she and Colt in a relationship but pretending not to be in order for Colt to be on 90 Day Fiancé? Or is she just a fuck oh, buddy? that's a good one. Wow. So... That, that that second question is a really good one. That's not something I considered, Nadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not ready to explore that one yet. But yeah, that is a great point. Because if they are in a relationship, then he wouldn't be able to be on. She seemed like she was telling the truth, though. And, and I would believe it because <laughs> the way she put it was something like Colt doesn't know what he wants. Like mm-hmm. he you could tell, I mean, we all know that he, he's a hot mess. He went from Larissa to Jess to Vanessa. He's in this weird triangle, whether he's a, a player or as he put it, he's trying to find himself or whatever. Vanessa made a great point when she said, what, Colt? No, he's a, you know, in so many words was saying is a hot mess, doesn't know what he wants. He, he's a mess. I wouldn't, I'm not in this, right? Um, the way he is. I think she's being honest. This whole scene played out like Colt. This is another thing why I believe Vanessa is this whole scene played out like Colt trying to win her. All he could talk about was Vanessa. Yes, I love Vanessa. If Vanessa will have me, Vanessa this, Vanessa that. I'm like, dude, this just seems like you're just trying to make your intentions clear and you're just trying to keep making passes at Vanessa. That's what it seemed like to me watching Colt. And when he said that his relationship with Jess was a summer fling at best, at best, at best, are you really being honest? 
Yeah, he's hella butthurt. He's backpedaling. Like, dude, you were asking for her hand in marriage. He can't even keep track of his lies because he's saying that. But then, you know, he's also telling Jess, Jess, I want I really wanted to marry you. You know, what is it, Colt? Like, you can't even keep track of your own lies anymore. So one, I don't believe a word that comes out of his fucking mouth anyway. But for him to really try to say that it was a summer fling at best is a reach. We know that. So yeah, and you know, and Debbie at one point left. I think she's tired of hearing his lies too. She keeps trying to say she doesn't want to hear about his sex life, which I also think is true. But you know, on the same token, I just think she's just tired of listening to her son drone off about these relationships and lie about it all the time. So I don't know. I don't feel sorry for him one bit. I laughed every time he got angered and butt hurt. Yeah, it was funny to me, but at the same time, frustrating for me to sit there and watch him treat Jess the way he did. I agree. And I think that he would still be with Jess had Jess not called him out on the eight different dick pictures that were DM'd to her. (laughs) Yes. Right? Right. Like, like had that not happened, I still think they would be in a relationship and he'd be like out, you know, cheating on her ass. The whole Vanessa situation, Vanessa did say, yeah, Colt's a hot mess. But she also said the way he is right now, I'm not interested in him. That doesn't mean I'm not interested in him at all. She kind of left it a little bit open, which mm. which makes me think that there is something there between them. And that and I think that, you know, she's probably seeing if she can find something better before she kind of does a big circle and maybe settles back down with Colt. And mm-hmm. then just to answer your question, do I think that they were like together? Not officially, but there's something there call it like an entanglement call it like a roommate situation call it like insane moments friends (laughs) friends with benefits as just as just refers to it you know there's definitely something there i think colt is like a wannabe player like i think that he's getting a lot of attention on social media because of his appearance on 90 day fiance and i think that it's all going in his mind like he just doesn't know who to send a dick picture to first you know what i mean and so I just, I think for Colt, it's like, he'll just do whatever he can. Like anyone that he has an opportunity to like date or sleep with or flirt or call sweetheart. I think he does. I think his mom is like kind of helping him try to run these like games on the women. And the fact that he called Jess a summer fling, it's like, fuck you, dude. Okay. You don't yeah. go ask your summer flings parent, father, all serious. Like, you know, can I get married to her? Like, fuck off, dude. He was trying to hurt her. He was intentionally trying to totally. hurt her. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And and I also think he kept pumping up Vanessa just to piss off Jess and Larissa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I dodged two bullets here. Right. Like, oh, I, you right. know, like, fuck you, you fat piece of shit. Sorry. No offense against <laughs> fat people, but it just feels fitting with him. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Piece of shit. Sorry. Oh, there, I got it all out of my system. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like he was a failed playboy, right? Like when he, he described their relationship as a summer fling at best. I mean, you got found out. You know, your dick pics got around to her. So, of course, you had to like, cover up and it was a lame excuse of cover up i have no love for Holt and debbie um, cover up your mess was a nice uh pun there is it a pun <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
But seriously though, why do you guys think that he can get away with all this stuff? Like, I don't understand how Colt is such a playboy like that. I just think he understands he's on TV now and it's different. This whole fiasco we're seeing with Colty, he's capitalizing on these 15 minutes. Honestly, like I believe that, you know, his whole life, he was probably a loser. And now he's on TV and he's found this, he's had, he has this newfound fame or this newfound infamy, however you want to see it. And he wants Mm -hmm. to capitalize off it. Yeah. He's probably losing with Vanessa and Larissa and Jess. These are all failed relationships, whatever. I'm somewhat famous. Let me send my dick to eight women and see what happens. Like he does have, you know, as sick as it sounds, a fan base, followers, like he's capitalizing off this because in a year or two, no one's really going to give a shit about Colt, you know, unless he's still on the show. So I think he's making the most of, of this opportunity. Like, Hey, I'm Colt. I'm the guy on 90 day fiance. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit famous. You want to sleep with me? Like that was pretty brazen when he met Jess, right? Like to just on their first date, like, Hey, you want to go to a hotel and have sex? Like what? Right. Who, says, who fucking says right. that? Well, to he someone does. Yeah. Met? yeah, he <laughs> does. Like, so it was almost like, you know, he, he understands what is happening. And he's not representing himself well, but for somebody who probably hasn't gotten laid in years, he's just going to shoot his fucking shot. Yeah. You know? So that's the way I read it. And can I just like tell you two and our audience that he has 200,000 followers on Instagram. Ew. Just want to just throw that number out there. Yeah. And he has an OnlyFans account. He does. I think there's like 12 members or something. No, seriously. That's a confirmed number. (laughs) No, I think at some point he tweeted like, who wants to be the eighth member? Or something like that. Why? When we can see that shit for free. Everybody's already spreading it. Oh, no one's trying to see that shit. Trying to block that shit. What do you guys think of uh, Jess's happy ending? Good for Jess. I'm happy for her, but it's so obvious it's like a green card situation from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but she seems happy. Here's the thing. If I were in his shoes and her shoes, actually, I would have tried to play it off better. When they were answering questions, they were both really hesitant. They were looking at each other like, what's your answer going to be before I answer? Like, it didn't seem convincing. And if it were me, I would have said, look. It was love at first sight. I really think we're meant to be together. I would have tried to play up the love factor a little bit more. But uh, as much as I am happy for her, the whole green card stuff, you don't convince an audience that that's not the intention by being hesitant, you know, by by kind of like tiptoeing around the subject. Go all in. You already committed. You're already married. You know, you you said the vows, right? Mm -hmm. Go all in, especially when the cameras are filming. And it didn't seem very convincing. So, you know, when people are like, oh, you're in for the green card, haha, or, you know, they're making these snide comments and stuff like that. 
like that's going to happen anyway, but you're not helping yourself by, by giving people ammunition, by giving people reasons to doubt you. Right. And I think that's kind of the way it looked. I'm happy for Jess, really, because I think she did say things like, oh, I, I found a better person, you know, uppy grady. Um, yep. you know, she was saying things like that, which, yeah, definitely that's anything is an upgrade from cult at this point. But there were times where they looked uncomfortable. They looked very reluctant to answer questions. When they asked, I forgot the guy's name, but when they asked him, oh, it seems a little bit early. Like, how do you really feel? He seemed to not be super confident. He seemed like, oh, you know, kind of, yeah, felt right. No, motherfucker. Like, you better tell people that you love this woman, that she's the love of your life. You finally found the person you've been searching for. Like, even if it's a lie, sell it. You totally. know, yeah, because yeah. you're married now. You're married now, and anything less than going all in makes it feel inauthentic, makes it look like Jess is in it for the green card, and it just was a bad look. You're on TV, the cameras are filming, go all in. And I hope it's not that way. I hope they were just uncomfortable on camera. And you know, they're they're newlyweds, they don't know how to act. It's easy for me talking, you know, outside of the box, looking in for me to give them pointers and shit. Like, that's not me. But yeah, that's kind of how it looked when I was watching was, dude, y'all need to go all in right now. America's watching and this looks this looks bad. It, it makes Jess look bad. It makes you look bad. It makes y'all look like this was some weird, desperate attempt to make her stay in the country. You don't want that. You want to make your marriage look legit. Um yeah. Yeah, so. I wouldn't give Debbie and Cole ammunition at all, right? So especially them, I, yes. Yeah. So I mean, Lana, I, I totally agree with you. I wish if we were the PR agent or something, right? We would like tell them that, hey, you have to avoid the topic of, you know, Jess losing her job and you wanting her I I mean, about there's that. nothing yeah, there's nothing wrong with you not wanting her to go because that does show that you truly love her and you don't want her to leave. At the same time, you don't want to give people like Debbie and Colt ammunition, right? To think that, oh yeah, Jess is definitely in it for the green card. And speaking of green card, that's the other thing I was going to ask you guys. What is the deal with Americans being so bothered about people getting green card? I mean, coming from someone who has a green card, you know, I have to say, it's not a big deal, you know, considering how poorly America is doing right now with the COVID situation. Like, you know, and especially after learning that, you know, the American dream is there, but it's also overhyped. Like, I don't understand why people are so uptight about the whole green card situation. I also feel like there's a double standards where if you're coming from a third world country, like people will be like, oh, of course you're with an American for their green card. But then if you're like from Scandinavia or from like the nicer part of Europe, you're like, oh, yeah, of course you can come to the U.S. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you think right. about how Libby's family gave so much shit to Andre about coming to the U.S., it's like, what is the deal? Like why can an immigrant get a green card or why can't they fall in love with an American you know, and have a green card as a result of being in a relationship with an American. Like, I don't understand that. The American dream only applies to Americans that are here. 
not to people who are actually dreaming to become Americans. Like, you know, yeah. so what? Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, Nadia. There's definitely double standards when it comes to this whole green card topic. And it's very sensitive. And I, this whole 90 Day Fiance series is based off of the green card, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally, I had a green card also. My family, they immigrated from Afghanistan in the early 80s to America because, you know, we were going to get killed, basically, if we would have stayed there. And so I have a green card. I'm a U.S. citizen right now. And, you know, my life would be much different had I not come to the States. So, you know, I'm not living the quote unquote American dream. But, you know, who's to say that I'm not supposed to be here? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I don't understand who, you know, gave Debbie a fucking MAGA hat and then just like let her fucking stand <laughs> on her soapbox and talk shit to people. Right. Right. Like fuck you. Yeah. First of all, Debbie, one right. more fuck to give to her. <laughs> one more fuck you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, we have a lot of fucks to give to Debbie. We're handing them out. <laughs> yeah, but no, but it, there a lot is a lot. There is a lot of double standards, you know. And yeah. I just, I don't think it's anyone's fucking business. You know what I mean? Like, who the fuck cares if Jess is trying to stay in America for a better life for herself? Do you think she's here to, like, party and meet American guys because they're so amazing? Probably not. Mm. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if everything in Brazil was cool, she'd probably prefer to be there, right? Culture, family, language. familiarity. Um, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, why would she come here and she knows nothing? Obviously, there's some opportunity here for her that she cannot access in Brazil. And right. so, so what if she wants to make her life better? Like, so what? Who is to say, no, you deserve to live in the slums of Brazil and you deserve to go live in a third world country and you, you can come and get a green card. It's all good if you come and get a green card. Like, like who has that authority? I don't know. Right. It's and like I a, think too, yeah. for every couple this season, I believe it wasn't the foreigner looking for a green card. It was the American going out and actively searching for the people they're with, right? Like Libby went. Was that? Definitely in Colt's case. Yeah, right? Like, it's not that they they were actually looking for a green card. Like the Americans went out and fell in love with these with these people. And then the the whole K-1 visa process like started because of that. These relationships were formed by Americans going out or contacting foreigners right so like to kind of switch it up and make it seem like the foreigners are are out here actively looking for green cards just so that they can come to america it's an inaccurate narrative and and it goes for a lot of couples on 90 day fiance the americans are trying to hook up with foreigners that's the issue here (laughs) that's what's really going on i think so too like they think that they're exotic and Mm -hmm. They think that, you know, they have a connection that they can't find in the States, right? I mean, not mm. only in this season, but yes. even in seasons past, right? Like, they, they, they connect with people, you know, in these different countries, and they've had a hard time finding that in the States. I mean, even look at Darcy and Stacy, yes. you know? Like, these young, exotic European guys, it's like their thing, you know? Or even David with his Ukrainian fetish mm-hmm. since he... Since he saw some cartoon and he was a kid, he always wanted to marry a Ukrainian woman. So, you know, like, what? yeah, wasn't that like his thing? <laughs> what? Marry him with these fun facts. To me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's going to be too. Be spitting all these facts, man. Okay, so like, I slow think, down. So I think, okay, so I think he talked about it during the strikes back. 
Oh, and basically, I don't watch it. There was uh, some. Was it Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh my god! There was a Russian. Oh there was a character with a Russian accent in the Rocky Natasha. and Bullwinkle. Natasha. And he Natasha. said, "Wow." He said, "Wow, when he was dude." A kid, he said, "When he was a kid, he watched this cartoon. He saw Natasha, and her accent did something for him." Wow. And so that was wow. kind of where the love of this these Russian women started. I am mind blown. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been keeping up on my on my spinoffs, y'all. <laughs> Damn, dude! Thank you for that. That's a really good nugget. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's a, I, I don't know where to segue from that, but let's. Uh, do you guys have any rapid fire comments on Colt and Jess before we move on to the next couple? Ah, that's it for me. I think Jess dodged a fucking bullet. Yes, exactly. And, I think Larissa, exactly. and Larissa. Dodged a Exactly. So I just want to say this this whole green card situation is I mean the topic is contentious, right? I mean I don't want our listeners to feel offended or anything, but it's just that when Debbie, you know, asks someone to go back to the country where they come from, or like when Debbie and Colt accused or insinuated that Jess is here for the green card, I mean I get really offended by that because I'm like, who are you to dictate who gets to stay or who gets the green card or like mm-hmm. uh, seriously come on Just, one more you know, thing what about how butt sore debbie was when they asked larissa about her immigration status mm-hmm. and larissa pretty much said like she's here and she's staying and then like debbie was so like she made like this like weird comment and started clapping for her and said like congratulations you're oh, here God. i don't know that was i know She's yeah. a racist. She's freaking racist, man. <laughs> After she that is. comment, I'm just, I see her as a racist. <laughs> That's all. Totally. Let's move on to Tanya and Sinjin. Do you guys think about, you know what? I have no questions. I just want to ask, like, what do you guys think about them? Because it says something about the tell all when the only person, in my point of view, that makes a lot of sense is Tanya. <laughs> like yeah. I'm starting to like Tanya for some reason because I am like, team Tanya. Yeah, I'm, I'm team, team Tanya. Tanya. I can come I'm out of me Tanya. saying I'm team Tanya. She's like super level-headed. I mean, especially on the topic of Angela and her eggs, she was full-on feminist in a way, but also being very, um, you know, she gave a very balanced uh, opinion about like, okay, well, let's not pressure Skyla, but at the same time women should not stop donating their eggs because there are women out there who cannot have kids and they want to have kids, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know why. Like, I thought Tanya was annoying AF during the entire season and even before that. But then for some reason during the tell-all, she got all, like, level-headed and be nice for some reason. And and it, it feels to me that Sinjin is the one that's giving her the runaround, you know, that's being indecisive and just doesn't know what he wants out of life and i mean i totally get tanya now like you, you don't want to be waiting on someone who's just not sure about what to do with his life you know it's not fair his message from day one from day one that is what sinjin has been saying i'm a free spirit i want to try a bunch of stuff i don't know what to do i'm not too sure about kids i don't know i don't know like like I get it like honestly like I feel you on all the Tanya stuff like she was super level-headed she has a vision as she as she describes it she knows where she wants to be in six months good for you but you know what Sinjin is not is not your soulmate dude like that's not that's not someone that can give you like his 
plans for the next three months. He doesn't know. He's just like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I love my beer. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like, I love my yeah. beer. You feel me though? Like seriously, just... <laughs> you pretty much admitted it too. Like, oh, a lifetime yeah. without beer? Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like, I agree. Sinjin is like like a balloon that's just floating in the sky. Wherever the wind takes him, takes him. I get that. But he has never not said he's not that person. He's always said that from day one. I don't know. Oh, it's commitment. Oh, like he's freaked out about the whole commitment thing from day one. And from day one, Tanya's been like, okay, I'm this year's old. I need a kid in the next two years, 2.5 years. I want a, I want a career. I want to do this. I want to do this. Like, good for you, but that's just not him. I don't know. Again, it goes back to compatibility. Like, they're just not compatible. So my take on Tanya, and you guys heard me, I think she makes a lot of great points. I've defended her throughout the season. I think she's super level-headed, super educated. I think she knows what she wants. Um, And if I can just, maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but for people who have these characteristics, who are strong-willed, who know what they want, they believe they can change a person and i think that's her character flaw she's not perfect and this is one of those imperfections is i think she believes she can change him she believes that you know marriage and you know hammering certain points like we got to have a kid and you need to um, set some goals and you have to um, start getting control of your life that he'll change. And that's the thing is you can't change someone. People are going to have to find it within themselves to change. And if that's not Sinjin, that's just not Sinjin. And um, yeah, I believe they're incompatible. When they were asked certain questions, they gave completely different answers, you know, and Tanya is still hopeful because she believes she can still change him. And I'm like, Tanya, 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 what are you not getting? You know, you're not understanding Sinjin right now. And um, that's the only thing I can see uh, with this relationship. Aside from the incompatibility is she's not quite getting that she cannot change who he is. And she keeps trying. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of hope for them. Sinjin has to find it in himself to change. And he pretty much already admitted it on camera. Um, she has a problem with his drinking. And he hasn't he doesn't have a problem with his drinking. He doesn't he doesn't see that there is one. Even though she already proved, like, look, you missed a job interview or a job opportunity, whatever that was, because of your drinking. And he tried to justify it, you know, but at the same time, eh, she made a great point. And maybe it's not getting in the way that you think it is, but it's getting in the way. He needs to get hit with a reality check. Do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be that guy that drinks beer for the rest of your life and has no goals and is single? If that's who you want to be, that's who you want to be. Great. Free spirit, this and that, whatever, whatever. I think Tanya is good for him, is healthy for him. I think a lifetime partner is someone who challenges you who makes you want to be a better version of yourself. And I'm all about constant development. I'm all about constant improvement. I'm all about becoming the best version of yourself you can be. And that for me, like Tanya is a winner. 
because she's pushing him to be a better person. Right. She's encouraging him. She's trying and failing to motivate him. Do I think trying to change a person is the right way to go? No, but I think there is something to be said about someone who makes an effort to improve you. You know, and, and, and if there's anything right about this marriage, it's that Tanya is the partner people should actually wish for. People should want to be with someone who is a, a motivator, who's a, who's a positive force in their life for them to become better. And that's who I would she say, is. I would say the TLDR version of what you just said. Yeah. Is, you <laughs> know, the TLDR version. Tanya is trying to upgrade Sinjin. Level so up. It's, yeah, level up. So it's up to him to uh, to walk the path, right? Mm -hmm. If he doesn't want to, then they should just end it. But it seems like they're hanging on to it. I guess the sex must be good <laughs> or something. I don't know, but... Who said um, it? I forgot, but I wrote this down. Somebody said, good sex can make you feel in love. And that that's what he said. He that's what he said to Andrew and James, his friends. Yeah. Remember, like, right. remember, like they said, like, "Oh, you were in a lust bubble," and then he became a marriage bubble, and he gave them the reason lust why bubble, he said, lust bubble, right. "Right." Yeah. Before I end this, um, or rather, before I move on to the next couple, what about that? Uh, what about Angela flirting with Sinjin and saying that she'll give him a twenty dollar tip as a full time server? You guys catch she that? She needs to shut the fuck. She's gross. Up. She's fucking gross, right? Come on. Yes. What the fuck was that about? Shameless again. These double standards. Double standards, dude. Yeah. Like if that was Mike, Michael, like you be sure he'll never hear the end of it. The, who gave Angela the free pass that to flirt with everyone? Rude. Yeah, that's rude. Yeah. Like, she, and sorry. she said, "I'm American. I do what I want." Oh, that made me cringe. Uh, gross, that's dude. So disgusting. Anyway, what do you guys think of that question Sean Robinson asked the couples, you know, whether or not they're having quarantine sex? Like, so well, do you believe that Larissa and, and Eric are actually having sex? And what do you think of all the other couples' answer to that question? I'm thinking Larissa is getting it on because she got some new titties. She's got, um, you know, she's got some confidence. <laughs> And I, I think that that's, you know, you know, as cool she's got as her groove back, she got her groove back. I mean, it definitely, honestly, I think for women, part of it is just like, you know, feeling sexy and just feeling like you're like this sensual being. And she, she said it more than one time that after she had her kids and her body changed, she, she lost that. And she even mm -hmm. said that when she was having sex with Eric, she'd keep her, she'd keep her clothes on or her brawn or whatever like he's never seen her boobs so i think they're getting it on i definitely think jess is getting it on um i think colton might be getting it on with his mom i'm not sure that's kind Ew. of like oh my God. maybe maybe not <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to imagine that <laughs> who knows i mean she's fucking nasty so who knows? oh my god um, and then who are the other couples tanya and sinjin i think i think it's like a lot of makeup sex with them. I think they just yes. fight a lot and then a lot of makeup oh, sex. Oh, yeah. Or drunk sex. I don't know. <laughs> or whichever, drunk right? sex. Um, same with Kalani and Ansuelu. I think it's like a lot of fighting and then a lot of makeup sex. And I think that she has like a Costco pack of condoms by her bed because she's like, I cannot. 
have another fucking right. kid with this guy. <laughs> and then Angela and Michael, I don't even fucking want to know, honestly. That shit she was describing is, like, disgusting, honestly. Yeah. yeah. What about Libby and Andre? Well, they're having sex. I think yeah, like a, nor- a normal amount, but that that number Angela threw out for the two weeks. Yeah, what about in that Nigeria, math? I don't believe it. I don't believe so, it. So here's the math, y'all. Thirty-eight right, times. Your... Thirty-eight times is what is is what they said. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, right? That's nineteen times a week, which is literally two shy of three times a day for s- seven days think that angela would be in a wheelchair if that was true <laughs> <laughs> oh know, michael like, if, like if she flips thing, him around <laughs> so the first thing that comes to mind is ariana grande's song i'm walking side to side <laughs> and so angela's fat ass would be in a wheelchair if she was gonna get it on three times a day with an african man throw that, that in there too yeah things must be different you know, if you don't have like an eight hour job, I don't know, because they're not really filming. So I, I try to put it into perspective, like, OK, if you're stuck in a house with somebody, you know, 24 seven and you don't have to clock in, which I think is their case. Eh, could be possible. I could see that, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, <laughs> like I can see that age. happening. So. Damn, dude. <laughs> we, I mean. <laughs> First of all, like, I mean, I, okay, I'm not going to say that's like, it's just too rude. Um, okay, so Mike, let's just like start with Michael. Like, there's no way that like, he finds Angela attractive physically. He like big things. Remember? He like big things. Yes. No, but he, he, he like big things. He had to say that. He's He's been groomed to, to respond like that because if he doesn't, Angela's out of his throat. I don't know if you guys remember back when he initially met Angela and then the producers pulled him aside and said, Hey Michael, what are your initial impressions of meeting her? And one of the things he said, and it was negative. He kind of like put his hands in a fist and made his shoulders bigger. And he goes, she's big. (laughs) And and, and it didn't really come across like a compliment. I'll be honest with you. So I don't think like, that's just something that he's like dying to like, you know, get it on with at all hours of the day so i don't know i just don't believe that that's possible i suddenly thought of usman's answer to like lisa when he said she's 70 percent good remember that 70 percent good yeah and he also said something like she's a little bit big in the belly so like right she's exactly. fucking hiding that belly or facetime while, while, while we're on this topic ladies while we're on this topic i have two questions I did a poll on Twitter. You might have seen it. You might have not. But I did <laughs> want to mention the poll and the results. But before I do, I wanted to get y'all's take on it. So I'll ask the first question. Donating an egg to your mom's husband to be their child. That an option for y'all or nah? It's a hard fuck no for me. Yeah. <laughs> Same wise. Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> 88% <laughs> of women who answered that question um, answered, oh, hell nah, which was an option. <laughs> 12% surprisingly said maybe. 
of those people that said maybe, or actually uh, who answered the poll. I actually have a comment about the why there that's a no, because in a very twisted way, it's like, technically, it's her granddaughter, even though it's really her daughter. And, the, and they'll be living with a biological mother, which is Angela's daughter, Skyla. And the baby siblings are at the house, but they won't be siblings because it's Angie's baby. So it's like crazy twisted. Sweet. It's I'm glad you said that because the one comment that we got completely agrees. It is that would make Angela her child's mom and grandmother. Skyla would be mom and half sister. Michael would be daddy and step grandpa. I'd right. be confused. <laughs> Shout out to Live Simply Love Simply for that comment. That's amazing. Thank you so much for engaging with us. Next question, y'all. Next question. Next question. So this is a follow-up. If you're Angela, would you allow Michael to have a baby with another woman to make things interesting if sex was not involved and Michael was only a sperm donor? Does that change things for y'all? Like a surrogate? I guess. He said the other way. And then when Angela flipped out, he clarified, IDF, right? he, he oh, clarified it by saying, I'm not going to have sex with another woman. I wrote the poll at that time. I think he went further and to, he explained different ways that it could happen. But, you know, for me, I just included, I just made it general and said sperm donor, regardless of what that entails with a woman. And then the third answer, absolutely fucking no. What yeah, are y'all thoughts think, on that? I think if, if I really want a kid and my partner you know, and I were not able to have it. And the only way to have it is through a surrogacy. I think that's okay for me. Like, I don't want to keep quoting the Kardashian or whatever. And by the way, I don't really watch that show, but I seem <laughs> to know a lot about them. But I think one of Kim's baby, was it Psalm? Or, you know, one of the newer babies, like that was through surrogacy because I think she had a health problem that didn't allow her to tote a baby. Who? Yeah, her last two kids. Yeah, her last two kids yeah. were through the same surrogate. I actually. had no clue. I don't yeah. keep up with the Kardashians. Haha. Ha. Um, <laughs> uh -huh, but, yeah, but wow, I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think it's, it's it's not just because of the inability of to have kids, but also like if you have a health problems, if it's a huge risk for you to actually give birth, then it makes a lot of sense to have a surrogate. And in Angela's case, I mean, she's what medically obese probably even though her doctor seemed to say that she's healthy which i'm not sure if you guys find this familiar but but yeah i mean i i would say it's okay and and looking at michael's situation like what anvidia says right as an african man he's supposed to procreate and if he wants to be with angela and angela cannot procreate for him or with him then they should look at all the other options available which i have to say Angela's giving Michael a lot of shit about pressuring her to have a kid with her. And then in the meantime, she's spending money on weight loss surgery because supposedly she has breathing difficulty. And all she needs to do is to quit smoking and <laughs> drinking soda. <laughs> like, exactly. On. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm sorry. That's my answer. My long-winded answer. So my take is that 
Angela doesn't want any children. I think that she kind of toyed around the idea because she didn't want to lose Michael. And, you know, before they got married, they're like in this weird area in their relationship. They don't trust each other, the distance, whatever. So I, I honestly think like deep down inside, Angela is like, I got my young guy. He's going to come to America. I don't want any more kids. I just want to like have fun and like, you know, enjoy this time when like I've already raised my kids and now I have grandkids. And then as you guys all pointed out, you know, Michael's in this situation where he's fairly young. His culture says, okay, now you're married, you need to have kids. Like, that's part of your purpose in life. And if Angela is smart, she needs to understand that with or without her, eventually Michael will have a baby. So it's her decision to be a part of that or her decision not to be a part of it. Should Angela allow him? I I think Angela should consider adoption as michael noted should they right. should consider I forgot about I, that. Yeah. you know ivf or the african option that they've talked about which is you know just find someone that will carry your child for you because that's so important for him you know we've talked about kids a lot throughout our podcast for some people it's just it's a part of like who they are their purpose for some people they can care less and i respect both sides of the argument you know don't have kids unless you're ready for it But for Michael, it's ingrained in him as a man, as an African man, as a Nigerian man. It's just part of his identity for his culture. So he needs to have at a minimum one child, which even that I'm thinking in the Nigerian culture is not enough. But, you know, at a minimum one. I'm with y'all on that. And, you know, we, we discussed this before. I think anyone, man or woman, who wants to have a child should not be denied that. If that is one of your life's goals or your life's dreams is to, is to procreate and to have a child, I don't think you should be denied that because someone doesn't want you to. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me go ahead and get to the result. 63% of women polled said yes as a sperm donor. said absolutely fucking no. And 5%, interesting, said yes, they would allow, if they were Angela, they would allow Michael to have a baby with another woman, which I think is very progressive and forward thinking. But I understand if that's not your style. I get it. I completely get it. If I was married and to imagine another man fucking my wife, I'd be like, hey, oh, hell no. Totally. <laughs> but but yeah. It's to like without sex, right? It's more of like, would you allow your partner to have a kid with someone else through IVF or surrogacy or adoption? Right. So I would say, I would say that 63%, you know, I said sperm donor, but I would say that probably applies across the board for anything other than sexual intercourse with another woman. So let's just say 63% on that, 5% said yes with a woman, and 32 were a hard no. Mm. Interesting. Well, we're at the topic of Michael and Angela. So I was actually going to talk about Larissa and Colty, but since we're talking a lot about Michael and Angela, let's just continue with them. What do you think about... Gee, that's a lot of thoughts that I have. I want to share, but you guys can go first. Like, What do you guys think about Angela and her behavior during the tell-all and like how she's kind of flip-flopping, don't you think? Like She, on one hand wants to be with Michael and then in the next breath she's like okay we're going to the courthouse 
And and then on one hand, she's agreeing with the fact that he wants a baby. But then on the other hand, she's also saying, well, now I'm being pressured to have kids and she's going to be 62 and she needs to enjoy her life and she doesn't want to have another kid. So it's like, I find that Angela is sort of flip-flopping a lot during the tell-all. I don't know what you guys think. I can't stand the bitch. So, fuck her. I second uh, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even trying to think about her feelings right now. Like, she's fucking emotionally unstable. Once Michael gets the green card, he's not going to be in the picture anymore. And he's really feeding into her. And it's just basically making her ego get bigger and bigger. And the fact that she thinks she has, like, a shot with fucking Sinjin like by you know saying that comment right. it was just so disgusting honestly she's over here talking about michael looking at girls in a strip club by the way not like outside of a strip club and then she's over here making these comments across national television mm-hmm. right that i think is yeah. equally, equally as disrespectful it's just so disrespectful like your husband is right there on camera across the world you guys are in the middle of a pandemic you cannot see each other you think he wants to fucking hear that shit i i don't so I really don't care about Angela. I'm all about Team Michael. I I feel bad. I wish I knew someone in immigration that could just help this poor man with his green card <laughs> to make this nightmare end faster for if him. If you're listening, please help Michael get a green card, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. She's completely full of double standards. All we saw last night was more of Angela being Angela. You know, she kept saying American this, American that. How come it always has to be like like me taking into account Nigerian culture? That's because, bitch, everything is about American culture to you. Like, there is not one thing that you have compromised on. Not one. Right. You know, and I understand people who don't make any compromises about things they value, but you're in a marriage now. And for a marriage to be successful, you have to understand that you're two different people and you guys are going to have to meet halfway and you're not, you're not willing to do that. So really, I think, I think this is all on Michael as, as shitty as Angela is as bad as Angela is the ball is in Michael's court. Do you yeah. want to be with this woman? Do you really Deep down inside, Michael, do you really think you will be happy with Angela? You know, I hope you listen to this podcast. Michael, I'm talking to you. Do you really think you will be happy with this woman? She's a horrible person. I don't think you want to. I, I don't know, man. You need to you need to get out, right? Get a divorce now. I don't think she respects Michael at all. You know, even when, what's her name? Aunt, who did they, what did they refer to? Aunt Lydia was on there. um, Even she said it. She said, well, you know, um, when she was talking about respect, she said, you know, well, you don't have to respect this and that, but you got to respect, respect him as like even a person, even the bare minimum. You have to, you have to talk to him with respect. You have to treat him with respect. And if you don't respect his culture uh, at the very bare minimum, you, you shouldn't be shouting at him. Okay. Like subservience aside, at least treat him with respect, which she does not do, you know? And, and I just think it's wrong. So uh, I really hope Michael gets out of this relationship, out of this marriage for his own good. I don't like Angela at all. 
I just think it's her way or the highway. And you know what? I would choose the highway. Word. I just have to say that I am ultimately getting sick of hearing Angela having the last word, right? Like whenever she argues with anyone, she just wants to have the last word, especially with Michael. And I'm just sick of that. Like I wish, I, I really hope TLC stops featuring Angela. Like I don't care for her at all. She was not having it when um, Tanya. So, you know, so here's the thing. While we're on double standards, like she'd make like passes at Libby's dad and then um, at um, Sinjin and everybody, everybody, right? And then like. Nude photos is nude dick pics. Yeah, cool. And then like something, it was so small and it was really fleeting, but. Um, when they were talking about babies and Tanya was like, oh, like you can have one of my eggs. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. the look on Angela's face was like, bitch. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> like she is not having it. Like a- anything that's remotely in Michael's favor, she completely disapproves of. And I just think she's a hater. Tanya, Tanya's attractive. Like, I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. And she was not having that at all when Tanya offered an egg. <laughs> think right. down, Angela is extremely insecure. Mm-hmm. You can tell, totally. right? She's she's abusive towards Michael because she's just insecure. Mm-hmm. She's, she's just being, well, she's also a straight up bitch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Angela, nobody is asking you to bow down to a man. Just fucking show your husband a bit of respect is all right. that we're asking you to do that Unlydia is asking you to do. And I think when Unlydia says like, you know, women have to be submissive. I mean, I get it. In her culture, it might have a different interpretation, but for fuck's sake, like be nice to your own husband. <laughs> all. That is all. That as, a, as a wife, that's your basic function is to be nice to your husband. Come on, guys. Like, this is probably the first tell-all where Michael is actually like walking out, mm. like you know his own chair, and and that's how you know that Michael is just not having it, right? He's he's done, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's done. He's done. <laughs> right. So yeah. seriously, I don't want any more Angela. I, I get it. People are giving her mad props for standing up to Tammy, but. You know what? That's just a smokescreen, right? Because the actual person that Angela is, is toxic. She is a wretched human being. Doesn't deserve to be featured on national TV. So let's make that stop. Yeah. I agree. Agree. All right. So let's go back to Larissa and Colty. What do you guys think about (laughs) Eric dodging all these questions from Natalie? I just want to go on record and say Natalie is uh is Coca. Huh. It is, yeah. Natalie is Coca. Yes. Natalie so, is Coca Valdez or what's her right. handle on IG? So I was kind of like it was kind of cool to finally to finally see that. And I'm sorry, Nadia, what was the question again about it? So what what do you think of Eric dodging all the questions about him talking shit about, uh, you know, their sex life about him and right? Sex life, so sex life. they were already exposed. Colty and Eric. So a little background. Um, obviously, 
we're only seeing what's on camera, but there's already a history. There's already a history there. Colton and Eric apparently know each other. They've known each other a while. They're friends. I think, I think there's some weird, uh, like incestuous love triangle that's going on where they've dated the same women. We, we covered this in previous episodes. So I just think Eric is trying to make the best out of his shitty situation. He doesn't want to look bad. He's trying to cushion any repercussion that's going to come from these accusations, which, you know, if, if anything, for me, I'm going to believe Natalie slash Coca Valdez. She, there's, there's nothing really to gain. She understands that her time here is limited. She's just trying to blow up the fucking spot. You know, she's just trying to expose fools right now. So I'm taking her word above anybody else's, right? She is not like a celeb or anything like that. She doesn't have anything really to protect. Whereas Eric and Colt, who now have their 15 minutes, they're just going to try to to protect their reputations. So I'm going to be team Natalie on this one. So you know what happened with Colt and Eric? Basically... Eric and Larissa had a huge fight. They broke up. And then Eric on his Instagram, I remember this is like before they got back together a second time, on his Instagram posted this like little movie video he made where he picks up flowers, takes it to Colt's house, and has dinner with Colt and Debbie. And then posts a photo or like this video. It was it was like posted on Instagram. And it really hurt Larissa. There's like all this back and forth. And then that's kind of what they were addressing at the tell-all. Like, you know, Eric said, oh, I was baited. They told me, come over. I'll, I'll make you dinner. And then obviously Colt and Debbie denied that. But they basically, they all got together to talk shit about Larissa. And I do believe they're talking shit. I mean, that's what you do when you break up with someone. You talk shit about your ex. And mm-hmm. I, I believe that Eric talked shit about Larissa to Natalie. And I think he tried to do it because that was his identity, right? He was like Larissa's boyfriend. So anyone that's going to know him is going to want to maybe like talk about her. Cause like, that's just kind of how he even came on the map. Otherwise he was a nobody and living in Las Vegas. Who the hell are you, Eric? No one even knows you before Larissa started dating you. So I totally believe that he was talking shit. But I just feel like that's just the game. Like, I've never heard someone say, oh, my God, I just broke up with my ex. And, oh, my God, he was such an amazing person. And, I, you know, like, it doesn't work out that way. So I, I don't, I'm not going to hold it against him, honestly. And I like how Larissa said, that's the past. I want to bury it and move on. And I kind of feel that's a good attitude to have. That's yeah. So my opinion, my opinion on that, And I'm sure this doesn't go for everyone, guys and girls included. For me, though, I don't know. I just think there's certain things you don't talk about. And I guess when you're hurt, you don't give a shit. But even when I'm hurt, I wouldn't damage somebody's reputation in bed. I have never, as shitty as the relationship was, I have never said somebody was trash in bed. I have never compared blowjobs. I have never gone into detail or said anything bad about my exes and their performance in the bed. It's just a like, code that you don't break, right? It's yeah. It's a code that you don't break. It's, you know, right. yes, you talk about your ex, but then there is a line that you don't cross, right? Because 
it's it's like you don't uh, kiss and tell in a way i guess right it's like that like okay maybe the person was a shitty person they had a bad attitude they were unwilling to compromise that's the last thing i would break up with somebody over anyway is whether the sex was bad or not because i believe things can improve things can get better sex is fun sex is a learning thing like we can laugh at stuff like there have been times and i've been a shitbag in bed i'll admit it you know so like i don't think that is reason to start like trashing somebody or comparing notes and i just think that was not that was unfair to go to cult and you know i feel bad for larissa at that point when it resurfaced when it got brought back up cuz it was something i really seriously forgot but then like when they brought it back up again and i remembered i was like oh man larissa must feel like shit right now mm-hmm. you know as high as her confidence is with you know the surgery and all this stuff and then to hear the little replay or wherever where they're comparing how you know her the kind of blowjob she gives it was a low point and I'm like, Oh, I I really felt bad for her. So yeah, I just think even, even for exes, I think that's, that's really low to go. And I'm sure people do it. I'm sure men and women alike do it. That's just where I stand on that. That's my opinion on that. I agree with that. The one thing that I want to question is how did Natalie eat? Eric, because he kept saying like you were delivered to my parents' house like a pizza. I'm not oh, sure if that yeah. was a saying or if that was some sort of like hidden meaning. Like is she and I mean I Coco Valdez, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I, I, I don't know what your profession is, but you know, why you were at his house, like how did you guys meet? That that's like a big question mark. Like again, maybe it's none of our business, but I'm just like curious because he kept saying like you delivered to my parents' house like a pizza, and I'm like, what does that mean? What kind of metaphor is that? that? Yeah, and the fact that he, yeah, and it's almost like there's a hidden meaning behind it. Like she was there to entertain him or something. Anyway, but if she was, it was him who must have requested it. Like, right? But why did he request for something? Like, is is he requesting for? a companion like a social escort i mean i don't like to use that word but it's an honest living so yeah anyway no shame shame. the thing that i noticed about eric is that he definitely steamrolled over natalie i guess out of fear that that she exposed him some more so uh, i guess he he has no good excuse right he did talk shit about larissa and their sex life to a perfect stranger and he invited himself to Colt and Debbie's house, right? And mm-hmm. and decided to talk shit about Larissa. So I guess if only he had admitted it, like I would have respected him a little bit more. But he was dodging it, like he was just yeah dodging the bullets. Totally. Yeah. I just want to say one more thing before we. I don't know if you want to close or move on, but Jess's husband Brian. Happens to be a friend of Eric. They're all related. They're all (laughs) in the same circle. So if you go to Brian, Brian's Instagram, you'll find a Instagram video or a post of a video of Brian and Eric on a speedboat with Larissa dancing in the background. 
So I think they're all in the same circle, like, you know, him, Eriki, Larissa, Brazil, and Carmen, Jess, you know, I think they're all they're all somehow connected. And I'm not even surprised if Cole and Vanessa hang out with them, you know, on a DL. <laughs> they're all somehow connected and they're all trying to earn that TLC money. So, yeah, that's my little tidbit for you guys. Right. So we've reached the end of our coverage of all three episodes of the Tell All. You know, we usually share our WTF moment, but I think let's do it different this time around. Let's share who we all think is a winner of the Tell All. Like who came out as a winner out of the Tell All and who's the loser? So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Jess. Jess is chicken dinner the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner goes to Jess. I think, again, I, I said this, I think, the last time. She composed herself well. She saved the best for her last. Although, you know, things were a little awkward with her and her husband. I think she knew to kind of stay out of the drama. Uh, <laughs> she didn't lose her shit like Colty did. Like, Colty lost his shit at one point, I think, when they were talking about sex. <laughs> yeah, because his sex life is already out in public and, you know, the dick pics and all that stuff. Like, he got super defensive. Um, so I think in the end, she got the last laugh. She really did. And um, she brought out the new hubby. She was happy. She called him an upgrade to Cold's face. So, like... Yeah, I think she really came out on top this time. I'm going to agree with Lon. I think Jess is the winner. I also like how she gave Debbie a couple of little jabs about how she was wearing red and it was very fitting for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think she's the winner for the tell-all. Yeah, I want to say Jess, but I also want to say Tanya for some reason. I don't know why. I kind of like all the things that she said during the tell-all most of it but um, yeah i have to give it to jess and tanya for me for loser i mean obviously cole and debbie fuck them they're losers yeah and angela i agree oh, and, them. and tammy <laughs> and tammy <laughs> and, and tammy too. Oh, all of them. <laughs> she is the bitch of the whore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Beat us her. laughs> all right all right. WTFers, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I know you love it. I know that's why you come back. Please show your love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple. It is appreciated and really helps us out. Please consider joining our Patreon family. Every donation helps and gives you access to our discussions on a wide range of topics. This week, we are covering Darcy and Stacy again. Our favorite twins, a hot mess as they are, we love to talk about them. Stay tuned because we will also be covering the family Chantel. You can engage Ooh. with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf or our Patreon at WTF Extra. Please do consider joining if you want to listen to that stuff. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Until next time, thank you so much. Thank you. Debbie, shut up. <laughs> <laughs>